on top of old spooky all covered with ghosts the kids in a coma and now we are toast <laughs> i hate you i know I'm... i should fire you but there was creative effort involved and i guess that's what we're going for here at sorry mom productions Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we have a much more insidious agenda. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 2010 horror film Insidious. Ooh. I know. Ooh. I know. I wasn't really prepared. I know you were. I wasn't prepared. I've seen this movie like once before this, and I do remember it being disturbing, but I don't remember it being that disturbing. Oh boy. But you know, it's been a while since I've seen it, so... Things have happened to me since then that informed upon my second time experience of this movie. So this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Before we get started, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That is with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, guys, in this time of spooky delight, make sure you are practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. We want to see everyone join this watch party. All right. You ready to get insidious? You you've got to work on your material. <laughs> we're 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 lapsing. No, that we're one falling. Was, that one was admittedly we're lazy. We're falling short. <laughs> You're Toby, I'm Sam. We just can't write the speech. Oh like, my god. Hey, sweetie. Morning, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in a coma. They don't know what to call it. I went into Dalton's room. There was something in there with him. I know someone who can help. We took Trifield and EMF readings of the whole house. Wiring, alarm clocks. I don't think bad wiring is the problem here. I want to leave. I want to leave this house. It's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. James Wan is here, everyone. James Wan has done a lot of things in the horror uh, lexicon. He might be one of my absolute favorite horror creatives. Because listen to these titles. Saw. Dead Silence, The Conjuring, The Nun, Aquaman. I love all of these movies. You said you meant you had mentioned The Nun. Yeah. The Nun and he also did Annabelle. I know. Like he's like, got his own little movie universe. All these Yeah, he does. Where Vera Farmiga consistently appears as Lorraine Warren. Yeah. Demonologist Lorraine Warren. And Patrick Wilson. Yeah. They he loves Patrick Wilson. He likes Patrick Wilson cuz he's Bill Warren. They shot this movie in three damn weeks. Wow, really? I mean, think about it. They work. They, you know what? I like it. It turned out great, and they worked efficiently. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. For the budget and how much they made, it was nice. 
We have names, question mark. Oh, come on. We have names. We have, like I said, Patrick Wilson. You know him as the Vicomte de Chagny from The Phantom of the Opera 2004 with Autotune Gerard Butler. (laughs) He's from The Conjuring, like we said. You might also recognize him from Watchmen. We have Rose Byrne. From, <laughs> Rose Byrne from Bridesmaids. From Bridesmaids, absolutely. I love that. That's the first place we go to is Bridesmaids. But like, I, I want that to be for her. She was Dorme in Attack of the Clones. Yes, yeah, she sure was. I failed you, Senator. She's also in that Netflix movie I Am Mother. She's in a lot of things, actually. Like she, she's she's peppered. We have okay. We have Barbara Hershey. <laughs> The mom from Black Swan. Yeah, I just uh, her face. What's wrong with her face? It's in that movie. She just she's just so bad, and I'm like, I, I, I that it has mo- nothing to do with Barbara Hershey. The movie scarred you, did it? I, it didn't scar me. It's just like, ugh, it made me anxious. We have Ty Simpkins, that kid from Jurassic World. He's in that film Dark Skies. Yeah. Like horror alien movie. Yeah, I kind of remember that. And he's in the Marvel Universe as Harley Keener. I don't know who that character is. We have Lynn Shay. Yes, she's Magda in There's Something About Mary. Um, She was also in that Dead End movie that's really nopey. Yeah. Yeah, she's that movie where they like get on the road and like there's no turn off. <laughs> it's yeah. just like purgatory now. You're going to be driving forever. She was in A Nightmare on Elm Street. She's the teacher. Yeah. When Heather Langenkamp falls asleep in class. Lee Wannell, I think I'm saying that right. Lee Wannell? Lee Wannell? Lee Wannell? Lee Wannell? It's Lee Wannell. <laughs> Lee Wannell. Lee Wannell. Well, that guy. He was the guy in the first Saw movie who woke up in the bathroom next to Carrie Elwes. Is it Elwes? Yes. It's not Yules. No, it's not. Yule. I got confirmation Yules. on that. Angus Sampson, he's in Fargo right now on the show, I think. He's in Mad Max Fury Road. He's the organic mechanic. I remember that. I also just want to. I also just want to mention Joseph Bashara. He's a composer, actually, but he is the physical form of the entity. Ooh. He portrays the physical form of the entity. No. Yeah, I know. Things that live in my nightmares rent free. That yeah, I did not expect to be so put off and disturbed, but I was. Oh, I was. Man. All right. Are you ready to get into this? I could deal without the high stress notes. <laughs> Don't screech at me, sir. (laughs) After the credits are over, we're introduced... by the way, can we just say, way too long, guys. No, the credits were way too long. Like, credits before movies, I don't really get. It used to be a thing in old Hollywood. I mean, of course, but like... And then it fell out of favor, and now it's coming back in the last ten years. I think it fell out of favor for a reason. (laughs) Like get to the get to the stuff, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. In a horror movie, you have that music and the unsettling imagery. It could really cue the audience up, you know what I'm saying? After the credits are over, we're introduced to the Lambert family. We have Dad, Josh Lambert, Patrick Wilson. He's a very handsome high school teacher. We'll leave it there, huh? <laughs> what? We will leave it there. What? You Your don't... descriptiveness of Patrick Wilson. <laughs> oh, stop it. He's so handsome. Let Leave it there, then. Why? Because I know how you get about Patrick Wilson. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we have mom, Renee Lambert, played by Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne? Yes. She's a patient, loving songwriter slash homemaker. We have son, Dalton Lambert. That's Ty Simpkins. And then he's got a little brother named Foster. 
and there is a infant. In, yeah, and it, you say infant with so Keep much disdain. Keep the infants out of horror. Oh my god! Leave them babies alone. <laughs> we have an infant daughter named Callie. Like she's barely able to like hold herself upright. That's how little she is. Lambert seemed to be moving in. Yeah, they have just moved into this new house, and like life is already hectic. Like this, this there's this scene. There's this scene where she's in the kitchen with all three kids trying to cook breakfast, feed the baby. She's on the phone with a robot screaming into their automated system. Filling department. No. Filling department. I need a bowl, mom. It's too small. Well, just make it work. Speak to an agent. Speak to an agent? <laughs> speak to an agent! <laughs> wow, speak to an agent! <laughs> She's so mad. I know! I would be too. Screaming I... kids, trying to pay a bill. You <laughs> just can't. Like, I feel it so hard. And like... Which it reminds me. I have a bill to pay. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm glad I could help you remember that. Thank you. I mean, Josh isn't being that helpful. Oh, so no! So she's more present in the house that he than he is... He's a school teacher, right? Yeah, he's a high school teacher. I don't know what subject he teaches. I feel like it's English. Ew. I don't know how to qualify that. I just feel like it is. He has a Paul Rudd feel to him. He, I mean, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Later that night, Josh gets home from work, and the whole family's downstairs except for Dalton, who's, like, playing at the top of the stairs on the second floor. They aren't even totally unpacked, and already kind of weird shit is supposed to happen. He's, like, fiddling with some toy, and you see that attic door open up on its own. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, no, it opens on its own, and Dalton's like, huh. Huh. I wonder what's up there. (laughs) Like, you're a kid? You're in a brand new house? You know what? Curiosity can be a beautiful thing. But it could also be. But not in James Wan films. No, not in James (laughs) Wan films. Absolutely not. And so he he's so cute. He goes up there by himself in his little superhero cape. Great. A big spooky attic. Yep. <laughs> he goes up there to turn on the light. And, like, you have to, like, step up on this ladder. Don't to... let children go in the attic. Well, honey, in their defense, they didn't know he was going up there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right out of the gate. We're blaming the parents. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just saying. He steps up on that ladder, and it's an old ladder. It's a wooden ladder. And he breaks one of the rungs on it and, like, falls onto the floor and conks his head. And, like, uh-uh. mm. he, he sits up. I don't do well with clicking. He's fine. Or cricking. But there is this noise coming from the corner. You don't even see anything. I know! It's just this dark shadow of a corner that he's staring into with this clicking coming from it. Cut to Josh and Renee hearing him scream. (laughs) Dalton! Imagine being a parent and hearing that noise. Yeah, I wouldn't care for it. No! I would not care for it. They run up there, and he's fine. Yeah. He's just scared. He's got a little scrape on his head, but it's no big deal. Like, he's gonna be okay. He's gonna be fine. They put him to bed. I love how right before... Because, like, earlier she was mad that she couldn't find her sheet music. Yeah. And then... Her box of sheet music was in the attic. For who knows what reason. Exactly. She didn't take it up there. Yeah. The kids didn't take it up there. I don't understand really why it was mentioned. It doesn't seem to have any impact on the plot other than to say things are being moved randomly. That night, there's something creepy watching Dalton sleep. 
there's something different about this presence. It is so thick and evil and looming. It is, in religious terms, a foul entity. Yeah, something that only means harm. Yeah. Oh, God. The next morning, Dalton doesn't come downstairs for breakfast. And I love it because Josh comes into the kitchen and Renee is immediately like, Josh, will you go wake up Dalton? And he just pivots on his heel like, all right. (laughs) And he goes upstairs and he's like, Sleepy pants. You better get out of that bed. Your mother's going to kill us both. Dalton, come on, buddy. Got to get ready for school. And Dalton doesn't move. Hey. Hey. Dalton. Mm. He cannot be roused. Dalton? Dalton. 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 It's that, like, horrifying moment, like, is my child dead? I know! Yeah. And so we cut to the hospital, and the doctor's saying, listen, he is in a coma, but there's no brain trauma, no infection, We don't know what's going on here. Like, it's kind of like, it's very reminiscent of Exorcist for me. Yeah. Because, like, you know, they put Reagan through all those things. The spinal tap, which they film and put in the movie. Oh, no. And, like, (laughs) Ellen Burstyn sitting at this table with all these doctors. And she's like, 84 fucking doctors, Jesus Christ! (laughs) What is wrong with her? (laughs) It's not funny, but you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. This is the beginning of the movie using, like, the medical fear and phobia that exists in the world against us as an audience. We get a title card. Three months later. Yeah, and then we we see, like, this nurse practitioner showing her how everything works with Dalton's at-home, you know, setup. Yeah, they've brought him home because there's nothing else the doctors can do. You know, the life support, the tubes, you know. How to measure his oxygen tank cord. Exactly. Like, it's so sad. Like, you can see it all washing over her that this is her life now. Her child is in a coma, and he may never wake up. They're like, yeah, he's just, like, asleep. He just won't wake up. It's the weirdest shit in the whole wide world. Like, they said his brain scans were good. And, like, so what's causing this? Yeah. Oh, man. I just, I hate it. Dad would not like this movie. Oh, probably not. No, not at all. Because the kid is the center of the evil. Yeah, Dad doesn't like kids being uh, attached to the evil in horror films. He's like, leave the kids alone. I don't like it. So don't we have Renee playing a piano? Yeah, she's trying to write a song. She's doing her best. It's not going well. Can I just say, the piano is also a common theme in James Wan films. Yeah? You know, you have the piano in The Conjuring in the basement that like, plays those notes. No, no, no. no. You have... There's probably a piano in Dead Silence somewhere. There is. Yes, there is. There's a piano in Dead Silence. Like, there's got to be a piano. And yeah, she's trying to write this song. I guess she's a songwriter. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's what that's what she did. That's also something she does. It's just she's so distracted. She can't. She can't. And I know exactly where she is right now. She takes a breath and all of a sudden she hears this whispering on Callie's baby monitor. Yeah, the static whispering. Oh man. It, you can you can't make out anything that it's saying, but it's definitely a man's voice. This is very fucking nopey for me. Uh-huh. For very personal reasons. 
and like she just hears that whispering keep happening. The, this is the most drop out the bottom of your stomach fearish feeling for me. Yeah? There is someone in my house, and I don't know how they got in. Right? That is so terrifying to me. Oh, my God. Because you, the, the most terrifying thing is realizing it, but they haven't realized you've realized it yet. I know, I know, I know! It's like the old Black Christmas, right? Yes. The caller is in the house. The calls are coming from the house. And so she takes that baby monitor... And she walks to the stairwell with it. Like, maybe it'll get a little bit clearer or something. Because she's like, I don't know what's happening. I could just be picking something else up. And then you just, like, the speech starts to get clearer. Clearer. And it just goes, give it to me. I want it. strings oh my god I, yeah! remember in the village when the violin was calming <laughs> it's not the same effect i wrote fuck that shit fuck that shit forever <laughs> she runs upstairs tears ass up the stairs to callie's room but it's empty yeah nothing in it except I, the baby i know and the baby's fine the baby's fine thank god if this were a true crime podcast this is the point where we would cut to an ad about simply safe or ring or some <laughs> other kind of home security system like that is how scared i feel right now i think she just kind of puts it out of her mind yeah. Like, she, what does she think happened? I don't know. Maybe she tries to rationalize it to herself the way Josh puts it later. He's like, maybe it was just interference from something else. Maybe it was, you were picking up some kind of other signal. You know what? We did that in signs, and it was aliens. So <laughs> Yeah, so th- it's not all good answers. That night, she's putting Foster to bed, and Foster asks her, Mom... Can I change rooms? I'm scared. I'm scared. And she's like, of what, honey? Scared of what? Doctor, can I change rooms? Why would you want to change rooms? I don't like when he walks around at night. (laughs) Oh, my God. Your brother who is in a coma is walking around at night? But, like, here's the thing. We just move on from that? She doesn't ask him any follow-up questions. Yeah, we don't get any follow-up questions on that. It's almost like she just was like, it's like she left that room that night and went, no, no, <laughs> no, he's, no. He's, he's seeing things, he's making it up. He's got a, he's having nightmares, like anything but what he just said. He's not dealing with it well, you know. I love it when you said, you know, that beeping of his monitor, how yeah. that would just be your life. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's a good noise. It means he's alive. But you would just be living in that house at all times hearing beep, beep, beep. Renee is in the middle of telling Josh about the weirdness with the baby monitor when we hear a knock, knock, knock on the front door. Nope. 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 And she does what any other woman would do and like jabs her husband in the ribs and is like, go check that out. We need a nope button. (laughs) A nope button? We need a nope button bad. (laughs) Nope. So Josh goes downstairs. He's checking the window to see who's standing out there. But no one's standing out there. Yeah, it's like someone was at the window. I know. And Callie starts crying, so Renee goes to check on her. But when she goes into the nursery, there's a person standing behind Callie's crib. Ah! 
guard's gone by the time Josh gets there. And then all of a sudden, the security alarm starts going off. When Josh runs onto the staircase and just the shot of the wide open door. Oh, my God. And the alarm ringing. And you're just like, that's that's where I that's where I actually wrote that just plummeting feeling of there's someone in here. Yeah, I know. With me. I know. And then like that also makes me think about the strangers that movie where Liv Tyler and her boyfriend are hiding from those home invaders. And, like, they'll just be, like, putting a record on or pouring a glass of wine. And, like, someone in a mask is moving around in the background. And it, it, it I hate it. I hate it ah, so much. Uh, and so, like, I'm one of those people that can't really be alone by themselves at night all the time. Like, if I'm alone in the house, I'm a little freaked. And so... You're freaking me out right now, actually. I, I'm thinking about it. Because we're alone in the house? Yep. And I didn't lock either the front or the back door. We better finish the show then. <laughs> <laughs> and so Josh arms himself with a fireplace poker... And I'm like, yep, that'll be effective. Yeah. And starts moving through the house while his wife and children cower in Dalton's room. <laughs> and he's poking around the house, and the alarm goes off for the second time. <laughs> even though he put the chain on and everything. And it's just like, how is this happening? But there's nobody in the house. And so we cut to Josh in his classroom as the bell rings at the end of the day. And he's, he's in front of the chalkboard. Did you see the Jigsaw Doodle? Yeah. Billy from Jigsaw? Absolutely. I went, I went oh my God. Saw. James Wan graffiti. <laughs> I love it. And Josh gets on the phone. Hey, honey, it's me. Um, they just told me I've got to, uh, I got to, I'm going to have to stay late tonight to, uh, I got to grade some tests and um, it's going to be a while. So. Um, some bullshit excuse about having to work late so he doesn't have to come home to creepy happenings. Like, yeah, he's afraid to go home. Like, like I'm a little disappointed in him, to be honest. Yeah, a little bit. I'm like, Patrick Wilson, you're so handsome. Go home and defend your family. Oh, stop. I know. I'm sorry. So. Renee goes in to check on Dalton, and she's fixing his sheets. She gets around to the feets, and on the sheets, by his feet, <laughs> is a bloody, jagged palm print. Like, it's not just a palm print. It's got claws on it. Yeah. Like, uh, this is uh, something prehistoric looking. Yeah, it's, like, not okay. And, like, he doesn't appear to be injured, but it's there right by his foot. Oh, my God. It's like something's getting closer. When Josh gets home that night, it's, like, 1030 at night. He fell asleep. I know. And, like, she's waiting for him on the porch with this bundle of sheets. And she's like... So, I'm going to level with you here. This house is definitely haunted. We need to get out. You think our house is haunted? I don't think it. I know it. Things move around in here by themselves. I walk into the kitchen at night to get a drink. I can feel eyes on me. I can't be in there alone anymore. I need you. She's like, you are not here in this moment. You are not here with me. You are avoiding it. You avoid stressful situations. She's like, you come home from work late every day this week. And you know what? She doesn't even go as far to accuse him of having an affair. I know. And like, he's just like, listen, I'm dealing with it, but I'm dealing with it in my own way. So you admit you're ignoring it. So you agree. (laughs) So you're avoiding it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, I love before she goes in and she's like, believe this. 
and like throws the sheet in his lap and he sees the palm print and he's like, what? (laughs) So she banishes him to the couch. She wakes up from a nightmare and there's an actual nightmare pacing back and forth outside her window. Yeah, there's something on her balcony. And then it just walks into her room Ah! when it comes back the other way. No! I can't. This dirty, gross-looking ghost starts coming after her. Like, he pushes her up against the wall and starts choking her. And she starts screaming. Josh runs upstairs. And, of course, everything has gone! This is so frustrating. She's like, please believe me. I swear he was right there. I do. I do. I do believe you. I, I just don't know what you want me to do. I want to leave. Please, I want to leave this house. I can't spend another night here. Please. <laughs> oh my god! Sponsored by Penske Moving Company. Dude, so we make a motherfucking move. Again! They fucking move! They haven't been in that house for six months! So this is a guess where we get introduced to Lorraine, Barbara Hershey. <laughs> Again, I don't get your disdain for Barbara Hershey. Okay. Lorraine is Josh's mother, and Lorraine is um, being very sympathetic to Renee, and because Renee's like, listen, I know that I'm kind of making life crazy for everybody right now, and, you know, Lorraine's basically just like, nobody, not me or anybody, knows what you're going through right now. Whatever you have to do to get through it, do it. And you don't have to apologize for anything. Good on you, Lorraine. Yeah, Lorraine is a nice, very supportive mother-in-law. It's because she knows. Yeah. She knows. She definitely knows. But we'll get to that. This is also when she holds up that family photo of all five of them and says, I can't believe you got Josh to sit still for a picture. Yeah. Put a pin in that. Okay, we get this scene where Renee is going around in the new house. Just picking things up. Yeah, she's tidying up. She goes into Foster's room, she picks up some clothes, and she starts walking him through to the laundry room. And I had to back this up for you because you didn't notice it the first time. Yeah. She walks through that laundry room, and there's this little boy facing into the corner. Yeah. She doesn't see him. Yeah, I don't she, I don't know how. Oh my god, you didn't see him either. Yeah, but like You weren't still, looking for him. But still, yeah. Oh my god. She's put on this record. And, like, she goes outside the house to put the trash out. And, like, the record starts distorting. And it turns into Tiny Tim's tiptoe through the tulips. She looks in through the open window. And she can see that little boy. It's a different little boy. He's got on, like, turn-of-the-century, like, newsy clothes. She knows he's in there. He's dancing to the... He's dancing to the record. He changed the record. And, like, she comes inside, and he's gone. She goes into that bedroom. She goes into... She's going to Foster's bedroom? Or she goes into Dalton's bedroom. No, she goes into Foster's bedroom first, and the rocking nope in the corner. (laughs) The rocking nope. There's a rocking horse, and it's, like, rocking on its own. And that's when she hears him laugh. Like, she's playing hide-and-seek with this ghost in her house. And she goes into Dalton's room to check this cabinet. (laughs) 
And like he just pops out of the cabinet. Like this full ass kid. Oh my god. Giggling and like runs by her. And I love her reaction. She's just like, ha ah, ah. She's like, I can't believe that shit. She's losing it. And she's like, oh, I'm really losing it here. I just saw another person. They just moved. This thing is still here. She sits everybody down. You know, her you know, herself, Josh. Lorraine. This is the scene with the jump scare heard around the world. And so basically, Renee's like to Josh, listen, whatever was with us at the last house has followed us here. (laughs) (laughs) It's followed them here. I really don't know. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Because he because Josh comes home and Renee is there with a priest. (laughs) Yeah. Because Renee's like. I really don't know what else to do. I've seen movies, though. <laughs> right, yeah. right? She's like, I've seen The Exorcist. I've seen Paranormal Activity. This is what they did. They called the priest. <laughs> Just let me come say, he's like, what's uh, going on here? Isn't this the beginning of a bad joke? <laughs> Guy comes home, finds priest with his wife. Josh, come on. And the priest, like, quickly leaves. Yeah. Like, yeah, so just like the thing that was at the last house followed us here, definitely. And Josh is not Nick Reddy. He's a naysayer. And Lorraine is sitting there and she looks at him and goes, no, baby, this shit is real. Yeah, and Josh is like, huh? Lorraine starts telling them about this nightmare she had about the house the night before. And we're seeing it as she describes it. I walked into Dalton's room and it was there. Standing in the corner. Ah, I can't. I can't. You can't with I, with this goat demon looking thing. Like it's just the silhouette. That's the thing. But it's got those long ass claws and those arms. Oh my god! And she's got. It looks like a bow truckle. I a bow truckle. Yeah, that's a Harry Potter creature. Is those it not? Those things from Harry Potter. Oh yeah. no! I asked it, "Who are you?" And it said. It was a visitor. I said, what do you want? It said Dalton. And then... Oh, God, Lorraine looks back up at Josh, and that thing is standing behind him! Ha, ha, ha! What? That's the still that always gets, like, put up on the internet, right? Yeah. Because the, you can't even see the whole thing. You can just see it's half of it. It's a nopey creation. You just see half of its face. It's so nopey. No, but half is enough. It's so evil looking. Half is more than enough. I love when she jumps up and screams and Josh goes, what? <laughs> what? I see nothing, mother. And, like, they hear this loud noise upstairs. All this banging around. And they go up to Dalton's room, and everything is trashed. And his body's just... You don't even see his body at first. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, where's the little coma patient? Yeah. Where's the coma patient? He's on the floor, but you don't immediately see him. And I'm just like... I wrote in big capital letters, like, what more proof do you need, Josh? What more proof do you need? Oh, my God. Lorraine's like, all right, all right, family meeting. I know someone who can help. And, like, I love this. I I don't know why I find these characters so endearing, but this is where this movie really starts to pick up for me. Yeah. Because this has some old horror movie vibes where it takes forever for something to happen. A little bit. Like some Rosemary's Baby pacing. And, like, this is the part of the movie where I really, really start to enjoy it because... 
we get introduced to Specs and Tucker. Oh boy. <laughs> I know, you can't with Specs and Tucker. I feel like I've seen Tucker in a Geico commercial. Yeah, no, possibly. I, Very I, possibly. Yeah. They work for a woman named Elise, who is a psychic, and she cleans houses, so to speak. <laughs> You know, she goes in and she assesses the level of spiritual presence and she tries to get them to kindly fuck off. I think Elise is Lorraine's old lover. Oh, stop. Is that your headcanon? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then they had a thing at one point. Of course. And so Specs and Tucker show up to check the place out first and make sure there's actually spooky things happening in the house. Oh, there are spooky things happening in the house. These guys look like the actual Geek Squad when the Geek Squad was first made a thing. Remember, you would take like your laptop to Best Buy and this dork behind the counter is dressed in like black pants, white shirt, black tie. And like they were the Geek Squad. That's literally who these guys are. Like, Specs is a nerdy, short sort. He's into action figures and keeping them in their boxes. Like, he comes across one of those open boxes and he's like, <gasps> What? Starfleet Series 1. Huh. It's hard to find. Should have kept it in its box. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> My goodness. And then we have Tucker. Tucker, the actor's name is Angus. And he looks like an Angus. A little bit. And like Tucker is literally eating a Hot Pocket during the intake interview. So they start going through the house and they start getting out all of the the paranormal investigator gear. I guess we're getting serious. Yeah, no kidding. Some high tech gear they've got. Did any of this mirror your own experience with this nonsense? Yes. All right. A little bit. Not to this scale. But definitely, yes. And so Tucker gets out this thing that he calls a triflometer. Does it scan for triflin' spirits? A triflometer? I guess... (laughs) (laughs) The way you just coughed that out. Sorry. I guess it measures electromagnetic signals to, like, make sure there's not loose wiring that could be at fault or something like that. Yes. Like, if you watch paranormal shows, then this is old news to you. Like, these are things they do all the time on those shows. And, like, the thing that I love, the, the the gizmo that I love the most, he gets out this other machine that he says measures changes in UV light. And, guys, remember the viewfinders when some of us were kids? I'm drawing a blank. Oh, come on! I'm sorry. You're not too young to remember viewfinders. Got my milk, got my cookies, got my Viewmaster. Hey, it's Mickey Mouse in 3D! Kids take Viewmaster everywhere. There are over 100 affordable 3D reels. Watching the light and now the dark with a new lighted viewer. Most of them were red and they had a little lever on the side and they looked like a pair of oh, binoculars. Those binocular looking things. And then you had the little white wheel with the pictures in it yep. and you stuck the wheel in and you could click the lever. Yep. Well, he's, he's looking through different color filters. Yeah, he's looking through different color filters and I love specs. He's like, that's literally what it is. It's a modified toy. This device measures changes in UV light. I make all this equipment myself, you know. It's impressive. Yeah, that one's basically a modified toy. Like, and Tucker looks at him like, hey, Specs, could you not say shit like that out loud? (laughs) Like, we're already fighting for credibility here. Yeah. Tucker's walking through the house, and he's looking through the viewfinder, clicking through all of the UV filters. He's in the hallway, and he's clicking through, and he gets to the blue lens. There are these two shining light twin girls appearing at the end of the hallway. No, thank you. No, thank you very much. 
he backs up through the hallway into the living room, and without even turning around, he goes, We can call Elise. Now. Call Elise. Now. Right now. Right now. Ding dong, Elise is here. Elise is very sweet. Elise is a welcome presence in this dismal emotional landscape. Absolutely. She's my fairy, she's my favorite character in the franchise. I, I legit thought you were going to say she's your fairy godmother. No, 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 no. <laughs> she is in some ways a fairy godmother. <laughs> just a little bit. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> Whoa. I wasn't sure the doorbell was working. I'm sorry. Come on in. Oh, thank you. This is Rainier. <laughs> No, Mrs. Rainier is my mother. Just call me Elise. Uh, I'm Josh. I knew that. You've grown since I last saw you. She's the best. She's a sweet older lady. She's got blonde hair and this big smile in her little light blue sweater and matching scarf. And she's so happy to see them. Josh doesn't know it, but she's known Josh for a long time. Yeah, his mother and her used to be lovers. Stop it. <laughs> Her energy is just so pleasant. It is. And so... She knows what she's about. Elise starts walking through the house, and Specs walks behind her with a drawing pad. He's like, it's the most important part of her process. I know! She tells me what she sees, and I draw it. And I'm like, I get it, Lee. You want to have an important part. (laughs) Because didn't he write it? Who? Did he? Lee Wannell. Did he? Yeah, I was yeah, I was written by Lee Wannell. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he writes all these things. I didn't he know that. He writes like most of James Wan's shit. Like, like I just, he wrote Saw. I didn't know that. Yeah. I legit did not know that. Yeah, he writes like all of the James Wan stuff. Well, go Lee. Yeah, he's like, it's a very important part of her process. And Tucker's like, mm, arguably no. No, they're always yeah. fighting over <laughs> which one of them is more important. Tucker hadn't monitored that yet. You know what? Don't even sweat it. I'll make myself available. I'll get on that this afternoon. Yeah, but I'll, I'll have to come too because who's going to operate the equipment? Well, I mean, not strictly. I couldn't do it without it. Yeah, but I yeah, need to it's not. see it. That's fine, gentlemen. I don't think bad wiring is the problem here. It's like they're constantly fighting over her attention. And Elise is like, boys, boys, just do what I say. (laughs) (laughs) And so they go into Dalton's room. Nope. I know, I know. You hate it when shit's hiding on the ceiling. I don't like cracking and cracking in darkness. Elise slowly looks up over Dalton's bed and she grabs Speck. She's like, come here. And she starts whispering to him what she's seeing. There's like this patch of darkness behind the fan where you can't see the ceiling. And it's cricking and cracking and you know whatever that thing is is up there. And she can see it, but no one else can see it. Elise is spooked. This pencil is moving at a mile a minute. And finally Renee's like, what the hell are y'all drawing over here? Exactly. It's got like a black body, black hands, black We saw a feet. glimpse of it earlier. Yeah, we did. And it's got a bright red face. Yeah. It kind of looks like Darth Maul a Th- little bit. Yeah, it does. This thing is a demon. I know. This thing is a foul demon. All black and menacing. Looks like a magic card character. It kind of does. <laughs> it kind of does. Beep. 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 Exposition dumb. So Lorraine. Lorraine. So Elise is about to explain the movie. Yeah, no, kind (laughs) of. Elise sits them down and says, listen, this is what I believe. 
and it's going to contradict the medical opinions you've heard. Yeah. But your son is not in a coma. His physical body is here, but his spiritual body is not. And the reason these disturbances, they followed you to a new home, is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. She starts to explain that he can astral project. <laughs> and I know when you... I'm sorry. I know. You find it ridiculous. It's funny. Well, I mean, why is it so funny to you? Because I just associate it with that, you know, you ever just want to astral project away from here? <laughs> like just have an out-of-body experience and not come back. Exactly. Because that's what Dalton has done. He is a gifted what Elise calls a traveler. Yes. People who are able to astral project their being out of their body and go places. You guys have maybe seen Stranger Things. You know the concept of the upside down? Well, that's pretty much the further. Yeah. You know what I mean? This place called the further, where it's just another plane of existence. That is all around you, but at the same time, not visible to you. And like, time isn't the same, and this is where the dead hang out when they can't cross over. She says it's not even purgatory. Yeah, she says it's different from purgatory. It's like, oh God, there's something worse than purgatory. So here's how I see it. You have heaven, right? Yeah. And then you have whatever's between heaven and purgatory. Then you have purgatory. Then you have the further. Then you have hell. Oh man. That's what I think it is. Yeah, I think you're kind of right. I think you're kind of right. I think this is like further minus and there's like a further <laughs> plus above purgatory before you get to heaven. What has happened is he's gone out into the further and he can't get back to his body for some reason. And like the whole space between his body and his spiritual body is like a big open door for the dead. Yeah, and they are trying to get into his physical body and take it over. And the the, the, the demon guy is trying to let the dead in. Like the Spookables know his empty body is just laying around and they're like, hey, free car! <laughs> so they're trying to get in there. It's like the demon's trying to possess him. They are all trying to get inside of his physical body simply because they they crave life, the chance to live again. But there are other entities who are malevolent and have a more insidious agenda. She said the thing. They said it. She, she said, said the, the title of the movie in the movie. They said the title of the movie in the movie. Josh, throughout this entire explanation, is visibly bothered by what's going on. Yeah, he's like, like, yeah, I mean, like a couple of times up until this point, Josh has been like uncomfy with some of the subject matter. Like he's so determined not to deal with he's it. He's like, I'm dealing with it in my own way. <laughs> by ignoring it. <laughs> And so he's got just this weird reaction to this whole situation since this woman showed up. He shuts it down immediately. Yeah, he's been detached and naysaying, but now that she's here, you can tell he's feeling that it's real and he is done. Yeah, he's like, listen, I'm not going to let this woman control what happens to our son. I don't like this. I don't trust this. Renee gets so upset. She does. She's like, you don't believe me. How can he not believe her? Even after with what happened with the bedroom. I know. And, and that's his point. He's like... Of course I believed you. I moved houses for you. Yeah. And you know what, Josh? I gotta agree with you there. Uh-huh. But buddy, <laughs> it has followed you. He thinks Elise is like exploiting her because she's having problems with it. This is dangerous and exploitative. You guys come into the home of a seriously ill child and you make some 
tenuous connection between him and the images my wife is seeing, and voila. Tears validate your power. Thank you very much. That'll be $600, please. And Elise is not hurt by his comments. It's not personal. She's like, I understand. You know where to find me. Yeah. And she's like, I'll be hearing. Like, she doesn't say it, but she, she, you can tell. She's like, you're going to be hearing from me soon. So he throws them out. He's like, get out of my house. I don't want to listen to this anymore. Oh, oh, and then he goes to the bedroom. Oh, my God. Ross, this scene kills me. And he's like looking at all the drawings on the wall. He's sitting next to Dalton's bed, and he's like... I know you can hear me, but you gotta show me, okay, buddy? You gotta show me that you can hear me. One of those drawings falls off the wall! And I'm like, oh my god! And he goes over to look at it. It looks just like the thing that Specs drew. Yeah. It's got a black body and a red face. And, like, the evidence has been there? The evidence has been there this whole time. There's this other picture. It's a little picture of him sleeping in his bed. And he wrote on it, he wrote, Last night I watched myself sleep, and then I flew away. (laughs) It's just like what Elise said, right? Mm -hmm. He thinks they're dreams. And like, this is ripping him up inside. It's like, oh my God. The film does a good job of keeping the human element of everything very present. Yeah, emotional depth in horror movies is rare because we usually have to divorce ourselves from feelings in order to, to enjoy. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I know that I was vehemently opposed to this 15 minutes ago, <laughs> but I had a moment and I think we should pursue things. Yeah. Jo- it's like that moment in Titanic when Kate Winslet was like, hello, Jack. <laughs> I changed changed my my mind. mind. Really? Because five minutes ago, you said no. But he gets it now. Josh gets it. This has been happening to Dalton this whole time. Yeah. And they just didn't know it. He's like, all right, we'll let the paranormal investigators exercise our son. And so they do this little seance set up in Dalton's room with, like, the parents and Elise and Specs huddled around this camping light. Yeah. Like, for for some godforsaken reason, Elise is wearing this ridiculous gas mask. That is hooked up to headphones that... That Specs Specs, is wearing. That Specs can listen to. And I was like, I don't understand the point of this. I think it's for deprivation, for sensory deprivation. So she can communicate more clearly. Yeah, so she can go into the upside down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's going to put herself there and try to coax Dalton back to his body. And so she is like speaking into the gas mask and Specs is hearing what she says. And he writes, there is no life in the void. (laughs) No, 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 no. Only death. I'm just annoyed by the gas mask because we got to hear the we got to hear what the other toys did. Where's the explanation for this nonsense? Yeah. And like there's cameras set up all over the room that are like rigged with flash bulbs. So if they pick up like disturbances in the atmosphere, they'll go off. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> you've never seen that on a paranormal uh, of show. Of course I have. It's just like. You, okay. you don't know how that works. Like if it has thermal technology connected to it, I could understand it. But like, I don't know. I didn't hear any of that. How does the camera register hot and cold? Yeah. I don't know. The flashbulbs start going off as the cameras are picking stuff up, but we can't see it. And Elise is trying to coax Dalton back to their plane. She hears his voice. I can't be too loud or they'll hurt me. If they... If they hear me, they'll hurt me. Who will hurt you? 
Who will hurt you, Dalton? Who will hurt you, Dalton? The man with fire on his face. Oh my god! Uh, no! No, 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 no. And it's, he's so scared. Yeah. And I, I am too, honestly. I This movie ekes me out so much. Yeah. There's so much in this movie that's not seen. And, you know, that's like one of the major cornerstones of horror, right? It's like if you see, if you can't see it, if your mind has to conjure what it might be, it makes it that much scarier. Yeah. Oh, my God. Follow my voice. Be quiet. They'll hear you. They won't hear me, Dalton. Follow my voice. They heard you. Someone, help. Help me, help me. They say help me so many times. Specs is just writing furiously. Help me, help me. But now, the demon is speaking. And like, again, we don't hear its voice. We don't even hear Specs saying it. He's just writing it down as it happens. You bitch, you filthy whore. I'll kill you. I know who you are. The demon knows Elise! Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Have they met before? Maybe, who knows? <laughs> Funny running into you here, Mr. Demon. <laughs> the demon sees her in the further. Oh my god, you fucking bitch. <laughs> you fucking whore. I know who you are. Stop! Hey, queen! <laughs> I'm gonna throttle the shit out of you! No, he's like, surprise, bitch, that you thought you saw the last of me! Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the camera bulbs keep flashing, and Elise throws her head back and gasps. <laughs> And she just goes limp. Yeah, she goes as limp as as limp as bacon. <laughs> as limp as, as unco- limp as uncooked bacon. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, what happened, Elise? Elise, are we okay? And then everyone gets thrown away from the table. Yeah, no, Dalton's heart monitor flatlines, and they look over, and he's not in bed because he's standing right next to Josh. Yeah. closed and he bangs his hand down on that table we're being puppeted everybody is thrown backwards out of their chairs and it gets very chaotic very quick dalton with his eyes still closed starts throwing things and people around the room yeah he's in a coma yeah there's a lot of flashing light and noise and all of these ghosts start to appear in the room It's like they're getting closer. It's like they're coming through the door at last. Yeah. To get Dalton's body. The twin girls, the little boy that Renee chased around, they're all here. The gang's all here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Benite (laughs) Incantato. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) And Elise is doing her exorcist impression. She's got her hands on Dalton going, leave this vessel. Leave it, goddammit. The power of Elise compels you. The power of Elise compels you. He eventually goes limp and just goes back to being comatose, and everybody's like, what the fuck? 
I think another reason I love this movie so much is because it shares a lot of beats that the Poltergeist movies have. You think so? Yeah, it's the same kind of thing, right? It's not the house that's haunted, and it captures one of the children. Mm. Like, keeps the child from the family. And they have to bring in this team of paranormal investigators who have some weird suggestions for how to get the kid back. Remember, they send the mom in attached to a rope to get Carol Ann out of that realm? Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to do a lot of the same stuff here in a minute. They did the same thing in Stranger Things. Exactly. (laughs) Like, in some ways, pardon the pun, this movie is the spiritual successor to Poltergeist. You know what's crazy? Mm. Not a single camera that was set up in that room caught a bit of what was going on. Yeah, I don't know how that... Come on. (laughs) Like, Specs is like laying on the counter with a steak on his face. And Angus is like, look... The only thing I could pick up was on the handy cam, and he's showing him the screen, and he slowed it down frame by frame, and every time there's a flash, you see that demon behind Dalton. Yeah. Puppeting his body. Yeah. And that's when I realized the demon almost got him. Yep. The demon was ready to complete that transition and Elise cast him out. Thank you, Elise. She's such a badass. I love her. And Elise basically is just like, okay, it's time for me to explain things again. Elise calls Josh's mom, Lorraine, and tells her to come over. And this is where Lorraine sits the whole fam damnly down and explains to Josh some harsh truths. She's like, the reason I knew to call Elise was because I called her when you were little. What are you talking about, Mom? It's no accident that your son is a gifted traveler. The ability was handed down to him by his father. Me? I don't understand how um, Josh doesn't remember anything that happened to him as a child. Well, I think you know very well that when traumatic shit like that happens to you, you can very well repress it. He was having the exact same problems as Dalton. He was wandering at night, and he was also a gifted astral projector. Instead of a demon, he was terrorized by this old woman in a black wedding dress who would, like, come visit him at night and terrorize him. Mary Shaw. Yeah, Mary Shaw. (laughs) She looks just like Mary Shaw. And, like, she hands him this box of old photos, and it's, like, pictures of him when he was a kid. And in every single one of these photos... There's always this presence in the photos that looks like that woman in black. And with every picture, she gets closer and closer. Yeah. Until her hand's like right next to his face. Yeah. I'm like, no, burn it all. Burn it all to the ground. Fuck. And, you know, this is the moment where I got what was said earlier in the film. Give it to me. Give it to me. I want it. I want it. I want it. Oh my god. With the baby? Yeah. Whatever it is wants a kid. So it can live longer. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Shit. Because I think what we were hearing was that woman. Yeah. She wanted the baby. Oh fuck. I think her voice was just distorted. Oh no. Give it to me. Give it to me. I want it. I want it. Now, you know. Yeah. Oh, God. I can't. I I have goose pimples. It's the entity. It's like it can't wait. It was so excited at the thought of having Dalton. Oh, no. Josh has zero memory of any of this, which explains why he's never told Renee about it. And also why he doesn't like to have his picture taken. 
Remember when Lorraine was like, I can't believe you got him to stand still for a picture. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Because he could never photograph. He didn't want to photograph. Suppressing your memory and your ability to astral project was the only way to stop her from getting into you. But in the back of your mind, you're still afraid to have your picture taken, aren't you? Elise told her to stop taking his picture, hide those pictures. I'll make him forget about his ability to project, and this will all go away. But it didn't go away, because he passed that on to Dalton, and now we're in this mess. And Elise is just like, listen, the only way we're going to get Dalton back is if you start astral projecting again. And he's just like, Elise, that was my old career. I don't do that anymore. (laughs) He doesn't have any memory of even being able to do it. But all of a sudden, he's the only person who can go into the further and bring Dalton back to his body. It's good to see you're finally helping at home, Josh. I know, no kidding. <laughs> like, finally, this is the one thing. You have one job. Yeah. You have one job, and God damn it, now you're going to do it. We can't avoid it anymore. Right, because... The, the thing almost got him, yeah, the, and it still has him. And the bond is only going to get weaker between his astral body and his physical body. And the dead are gathering. Yeah, <laughs> they are circling like vultures in its terror time again. So it's time to perform the seven wonders. Oh, God. I'm kidding, no. No. He has to just descend. Yeah, she sits him down and, with the use of a metronome, puts Josh to sleep. He, he's got his eyes closed. He's concentrating. And when he opens his eyes again, he still sees Elise. And he gets up from the chair all frustrated. He's like, I knew this wasn't going to work. I knew this was bullshit. And then he turns around and there's his body. It's useless. I have no idea what I'm doing. I look how she just like side eyes because like she knows his spirit is there. I know. <laughs> and she's like, okay. Now I'm outside. Let my voice be your guide. Keep a steady stride into the further you go. And so Josh takes his little lantern <laughs> and starts and starts poking around in the further. And like we're really not seeing a lot of the further. It's like a version of the real world, except where there are no lights on anywhere. We see Josh's eight-year-old self or whatever. Yeah, because remember, that's the thing about the further. Time is not linear. Time does not move. Existence doesn't seem to be respected. It just exists all at once. Yeah. And it's funny because Josh knows it's his little self, but the little self doesn't know who Josh is. Yeah, he's like, um, okay, this way. Yeah, he points Josh to the house they used to live in at the beginning of the movie, right? Where this all started? Yeah. He goes into the old house. It makes me wonder if him going into that house is what they saw, is what they were hearing when the alarm was going off earlier. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Like, what if it was Josh? No. Nuh-uh. I mean, I, I, we really don't get any confirmation on that, but... What if it was those we don't speak of? Oh, no. I'm kidding. No. I, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> there. There's your one village reference for the recording. <laughs> okay. Everybody gets one. He's checking every room for Dalton, and he's not finding Dalton, but he's finding lots of other spookables. It's like he's inside of a haunted house ride. And like these, just like these wax figures, like they're, they're ghosts. They're the dead. They're frozen in place. It's like this, it's one of the girls we saw earlier in the hallway and like a dad and a mom and the mom's at the ironing board or something. Yeah. And the dad's reading the paper next to the girl on the couch and he's whistling. 
Yeah. I was like, whatever these things are, they used to be here. And you know what? We see one of the twins blow that family away. Yeah, the grin. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. And it's like it's the it's the it's just how creepy they look. It's like a living murder tableau. Yeah. I hate it. Just very in cold blood. It's so creepy. And that's just one of those little atmospheric things that James Wan is good at. The you blue. Know? I know. It makes you feel so small. The blue and black and lighting. Helpless. I can't. Josh goes into the hallway and sees the red door that he saw in Dalton's drawings, right? Yep. Oh my god. This is where that ghoul that attacked Renee comes up and starts fighting him. While he's fighting this thing, this guy that showed up in Renee's room earlier, Elise said something that was rather helpful to me personally. He is almost defeated by this thing. And he's like, his body's shaking and they're watching him shake. And Elise says, you're stronger than him, Josh. You are the one with life. You're stronger than they are, Josh. You can beat them more stronger. You are the one alive. Get away from me! That's absolutely right, bud. Yeah. That and, is, I, and I was like, yeah. That's the one thing you have on them. Yeah. And you better use it to your full extent. <laughs> and so, yeah, he just pushes that guy into the darkness. Bye-bye! <laughs> that's the end of that. And he opens this red door. And red doors are something we see in horror a lot, right? Mm-hmm. We saw it in The Sixth Sense. It's in The Haunting of Hill House. The big red door that no one's allowed to go behind. Oh, my God. It's this long hallway with red candles and all this red light. When he finally turns the corner, we're in the demon's lair. Yeah, and it's like a ballroom-esque stockady thing <laughs> I, it, like i don't even know it's like we're in this like warehouse it look, kind of it looks like the waiting space to get onto one of the haunted rides at like king's island or something <laughs> yeah there's all this industrial like noises going on and steam and red light and there's dalton yeah Dalton's on the floor. He's sniffling. Shackled to the wall. Where he's been for four months. Oh my God, Ross. He's been there by himself for four months. Wasting away, calling out for mom and dad. I try not to get emotional when I think about it. because It's fictional, so it's all good. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Dalton. Daddy. Oh God. Daddy. Daddy. Oh my God. Josh is trying to get him out of the shackles. And Dalton just kind of freezes because he sees movement in that loft office space above the warehouse. You can hear that Tiny Tim record again. Yeah. And this is like my favorite sequence of shots in the whole movie where we cut up into that office. It's the demon's office. Yeah, or something. It looks like an old timey, like, foreman's office. His man cave. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no. His demon cave. He's sharpening his talons. So unsettling. Yeah. With the tiny Tim in the background. And his wide eyes and red face. And oh, like... I can't stand it. Fuck. And then they look back up there and the demon's got himself pressed against the window. Oh 
and that thing like lolls its tongue out. Yeah. It's seen them. Oh my god, run, 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 it's run. It's poised to attack. They manage to get out of there. Like he grabs Dalton and starts running, and in the real world, all these things are shaking in the house. Like there's an earthquake. The dead are coming. I know. The dead have broken the barrier. And Renee's like, at least you've got to help him. She's like, um, I kind of out of my hands at this point. Like he she, has to make it back to his body. Yeah, th- she can't. They wait. both have to make it back to their bodies. Like it could have even worse consequences if she wakes them up before they get back to their bodies. Josh and Dalton are just following the sound of Renee's voice to get back to their bodies. In the real world, the power goes out in the house. All the bulbs start busting, and this is where the ghosties start crossing into the real world. And Specs is, like, checking the kitchen, uh-huh. and that drawer has, like, moved itself out, and he goes to close it, and that hand comes out of the drawer and Like, these ghosts him. are just coming from all crannies of the house. <laughs> I, it's like they found the wrong doorway. It's like, damn it, I'm crawling out of the drawer. Yeah. I meant to come out through the bathroom door. <laughs> this Google Maps is fucked up. <laughs> And in the further, once they get back to the house, Josh and Dalton, they have to split up. Yeah, they have to separate so that Dalton can go to his body and And Josh can go to his. Josh is on the way back to his body, but he gets distracted by the old woman in the wedding dress. He's having like a face-off with her in the mirror. Yeah. And like he's yelling at her, leave me alone. Get away from me. Get away from me. And, like, Renee is, like, on top of him in the real world. Yeah. Like, wake the fuck up! Yeah. (laughs) I feel so bad. Renee's had a lot. Renee's dealt with a lot since the beginning. (laughs) And all of a sudden, Josh comes, too, in the chair where he went under. Yeah. Somebody go check on Dalton! Dalton comes, too. Yeah! Lorraine picks him up out of his bed, and she brings him downstairs. Uh Dalton's awake! Yeah. And everybody's hugging and kissing, and the energy is so nice. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, it's great. It's like a deep sigh of relief. And so, yeah, Dalton's awake. He's eating spaghetti. It's furiously. He's tired. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, how the fuck can you be tired? You've been been asleep for four months. Just being shackled in a demon's basement for four months. Like, mom, hop off of me. It took you more than four months to download Dalton? (laughs) Oh, no. Like, what? Oh, my God. So, yeah, with the demon JPEG out of him. Josh is in the living room with Elise, and everybody's just kind of gathering their things. Tucker and Specs are putting away the equipment. And it's just Elise and Josh in the living room. And Josh is going through these photos. You showed me a new world. No, I didn't. You've been there before, remember? Well, let's hope I forget again. Guess I don't need these anymore. He hands them back to Elise. And when he does, you see Elise like change. Yeah, she's like, she takes those photos from him and she just like stops and stares at him and is like something's wrong. She feels something. Something's not right. She makes a mistake. She does. (laughs) She like waits till he's not paying attention and she reaches for that camera and she takes his picture and Josh becomes a different person. He's like, why did you do that? Why would you do that to me when you know... 
And he starts strangling her. He strangles her to death. He kills her. And like Renee hears the commotion and she's like, Mom, watch the kid. Yeah. She goes into the living room and sees Elise in the chair and she's like, Elise, what's wrong? And Elise is wide-eyed, staring, dead. Jaw dropped. Oh my God. Like she's just seen something horrible. Yeah. And like Renee starts calling out for Josh. She picks up that camera and looks at the picture on the screen And it's not Josh in the picture. It's the old woman in the wedding dress. See, that's the thing. That's what makes me believe that this entity is haunting Josh. This entity is haunting Josh. Like, it has been haunting Josh for a long time. Like, the demon was after Dalton, but this is something completely different. Yeah. This is something completely different from the demon. See Insidious Chapter 2. Yeah! (laughs) Renee's just like, Josh, Josh! right here. (gasps) Yeah, the turnaround. Oh my god! And then the the stressful violins again! I love that title card. Insidious. Yeah. It's in big red letters. It's like, imagine seeing it in a- Like a fire's glowing underneath of it. Yes! It's like the letters, if you were seeing it in theaters, the letters would be like 15 feet tall. Yeah, no. Insidious. And so, yeah, guys- That's the end of that. (laughs) Like, I'm almost sad we're not doing part two right after this. Yeah. Because the sequel to this movie is fabulous. I have seen it as well. It expands on the story we've just seen. Yeah. It picks right up where it left off. And it's all about investigating Elisa's, Elisa's murder and what has happened exactly to Josh. Yeah. Like, he is now possessed by something new and terrifying, and we learn all about that in the sequel. And the sequel brings in new characters. Speck and Tucker come back. I love them, okay? I am so invested in them <laughs> I'm glad characters. you like Specks and Tucker so like, much. You know, they start off as kind of weird, but then they grow on you like mold. Mm-hmm. And it's just, oh, I love it so much. I love this franchise. It does get off the rails after two. Every franchise gets off the rails. Usually after the sequel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's not a accident that the first two Saws are the best ones. James Wan was involved with those. Like, I like the first three paranormal activities. Yeah, I do too. But then after that... It just gets stupid. There's like six of them now, and I'm like... Or something, yeah. We didn't need eight Saw movies. We didn't. But we got them. We got them. It's like, some, most of them are just torture porn. I can't even imagine that much Saw. I know. Like, have, have eight you ever seen films worth it. No, I've only ever seen, like, the first one. The first one's good. The second one's good. The third one's okay, and then after that, it just gets stupid. Yeah. No grand extrapolation this week. This is our last spooky episode of the month. We hope you've been spooked this this month. You probably haven't been. But like... <laughs> we have done a lot of ridiculous shit this month. But hey, the world is especially bleak right now. And very rarely do I want to use this kind of escapism. (laughs) I am also a person who just loves being scared. This movie has great emotional depth that is rare in horror movies, and it actually makes me feel things and makes me get attached to the characters. And I love the way this story continues into the sequel. Mm -hmm. So it's just always been a favorite of mine. Yeah, this film is definitely disturbing. It's disturbing to me, and it's disturbing to me for new reasons this time watching it around. It's a good manifestation 
of a lot of different experiences for people, I think. People who live with unwanted spectral guests. People who have to deal with energy that negative and that prevalent. Because, yeah, whether you believe in ghosts specifically or not, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be ghosts. Guys, there's positive and negative energy all around you. Some is stronger than others. And sometimes it really manifests itself in a weird, unexplainable way. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't know if any of y'all out there have ever been haunted. We've had some experiences with that kind of stuff. That is the kind of stuff that you think about when you watch these movies and you wonder how real it might be for you. And it just, ugh, it eeks me. I can't. All right, let's get out of here before we scare ourselves. So, guys, yet again, thank you for participating and listening to our spooky selections for the month of October. We hope you've enjoyed. We're going to move on to good old November 2020. 60 more days, right? Yeah. Or 60 and some change days left. We thought we would use this month to just hit some uh, choices that we've been waiting to do for a little while. It's not stuff that's spooky, but try to get some stuff in there before we do Christmas movies. Maybe the films won't be spooky, but the times are. Speaking of being scared. So, as you folks know, next week is the United States presidential election on Tuesday, November 3rd. Our episode will drop the day before. That'll be Monday the 2nd. So... We decided that maybe we would do something a little different next week. The office of the presidency, its power and respect has been severely degraded over the last four years. And I think we should do something fun. Something that, well, I like. I was going to say fun for you. Fun for me. And what we're going to do is we're going to take our first stab at covering television. It's not going to be in the way that we see ourselves covering television in the future, but I think that this selection is going to be really good. Am I copying HBO's strategy here? Maybe a little bit. Oh, that's right. The reunion's coming up. Exactly. All right. Well, let's not tease them anymore. So we're going to cover for you folks the day before Election Day. We are going to be covering the pilot episode to Aaron Sorkin's award-winning political drama, The West Wing. West Wing, West Wing. Uh, Yes, I know. I can't wait for you to do your rendition of the theme song. I've done it once before on this show. I know, but we're going to do it again Uh, next week. I can't wait. Guys, I'm very excited to talk to you guys about this. I really can't wait. Like, it is political fan fiction, but damn it, I need to see what a functioning government looks like. So we're going to talk about the pilot episode in particular, and then we're going to talk about some other things about the show that really help help to elevate the image of the American government in the eyes of the public. And I think they do a really good job of it. Is it written by a bunch of bleeding heart liberals? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And I'm sure you'll be poking fun at them next week as well. Is it written by a bunch of pretentious elitists? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely it is. Aaron Sorkin is the pretentious elitist in chief. God love his soul. I love him. I love some Aaron Sorkin programming, as you've heard me say before. So tune in for that next week, guys. 
In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at KickNStream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That is with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, guys, practice the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. We want everyone to be able to join this watch party. And guys, don't forget to vote. In many states, you can vote early now. Guys, Early voting is crucial. Vote by mail. We all have a job to do, and we gotta do it. It's never been more important. As my president, Josiah Bartlett, says, decisions are made by those who show up. And you need to show up before Tuesday, November 3rd. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, get out to vote!